Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Basement Boys podcast. We have a great episode for all of you tonight. Um, this is Connor Liu, your co-host, signing in from AJ's Basement. It is a brisk fall day. It's getting colder uh, out here lately. We're, we're expecting some winter weather soon. AJ, how are we doing? We're doing great, Connor. We're doing great. Uh, great to be here tonight. Uh, great to have this very special guest. I'm really excited to get into it. I'm going to introduce him right now. He is a fellow Churchill Bulldog. I'm pretty sure he refers to himself as a liberal hillbilly. He's extremely active in our nation's politics. We're very thankful for that. He's just, you know what, hands down, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Kerry Billings, welcome to the Basement Boys Podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thankful. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to this. You good? You comfortable? Yeah, for the most part, I'm getting there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to dive right in. So... With all of our guests, we start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit um, about where you're from, uh, a little bit about your childhood. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, I'm from the nation's capital. I grew up, spent the first uh, eight years, nine years of my life in uh, D.C. in Northwest. And uh, my dad's from uh, the great state of South Dakota. and My mom's from uh, right outside of Detroit. And so I was kind of grew up on those Midwestern uh working class values and so I uh, my dad was a farmer growing up and my mom comes from a family of uh, people who worked in actually teaching so did that and uh, they came here in the 70s and so they had my older sister who went to the University of Michigan and my uh, twin brother as well I came to Potomac when I was eight years old and uh, I remember when you came. We were both at Potomac Elementary. I remember when yep. you and your brother came. How, do you mind? How did your um, how did your parents meet? They actually met on Capitol Hill. Uh, they worked uh, two hallways down. What from uh, each other. what what dating app is that? <laughs> they worked uh, working in the government. It wasn't. I don't think they even had uh, fax machines back oh, then. Oh, the <laughs> Capitol Hill, yeah. the hill on the Capitol. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yep, they worked uh, offices like two doors down from each other. So, so you have a twin brother, Carrie. Corey. Um, so, oh, fuck. God <laughs> damn it. Happens all the time. Corey. Um, sorry. We'll edit that out. Um, their, their names are Carrie and Corey. It gets confusing. They both start with K and in Well, there's also uh, there's Casey the dog, Carly the older sister, and uh, my mom's Carol. Oh, so, Jesus uh, we joke, Christ, We joke that Greg is Craig, so... <laughs> so when you um, do, you, so does your dad still have family in South Dakota, yep. and then your mom still has family in Detroit? Yep, and I'm you, actually I, going back to South Dakota next week. So. Nice, yeah. nice. So tell me, like, tell me a little bit about those trips as a child, and like, and now going uh, back. I uh, I love going back to South Dakota. It's such a uh, um, different change of pace and different lifestyle. I'd love to go. I mean, it it's, sounds beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, just cornfields and uh, bean soybean fields and uh, a lot of nothing for a lot of miles. And it's just a different, uh, just different style of life that I can't even. Kind of a slower way of life. Oh, Most, yeah. I mean, yeah. just open spaces. Talk yeah. about open spaces. Yeah. I, I, I joke that my grandfather, when he was alive, he could go up to anybody and just talk about how the, how the weather's going, how the crop's going. And meanwhile, if you're in the D.C. going into taking the metro into work in the morning, you won't hear anybody talking to each other on, a, on the metro course. Dude, it's so true it's just completely completely different and uh, the more tightly people are confined the less time people have to talk to each uh, other it seems definitely agree definitely agree um I, this is kind of putting you on the spot do you know what your what you guys grew on your farm or was it like a cattle farm yeah it was uh, a little bit of everything they had uh pigs they had cattle and my definitely a lot of corn uh corn was like the main agricultural product but they had some livestock as well and uh and what brought my dad actually to D.C. was because there was a, in the middle of the winter in Iowa, his job every morning was he had to go feed the cows before he went to school. 
So fun. You know, <laughs> I don't, dude, you get a lot of time to yourself. You get up at the crack of dawn. You get to see the sunrise. Yeah, you know, so he had there's to, definitely a certain you get to feed that, cows. That, yeah, man. Hey, it goes back to that whole different that can, style of life that we were talking. Can be a romantic lifestyle. <laughs> and so uh, my dad had to walk a half a mile to the um, to the cow lot every morning to go feed them. And there was one time where in South Dakota, I don't think people think that uh, it gets too snowy, but it there was about. Uh, it's actually very snowy and there's one time there was snow so high that when he opened the garage door he could not get out but the cows still had to be fed and so he had to walk trek half a mile in the snow it took him about two hours to get how there how tall was the snow it was about like seven feet tall Holy wow. yeah. how do you get through that <laughs> Yo, do you have to swim is it like the cartoons like I'm serious how do you get... I'm gonna have to ask Greg I don't know <laughs> dude what our, snow, hate... our snowmageddon is normal for them exactly yeah <laughs> dude I hate shoveling like four inches of snow that yeah. shit gets annoying they actually I think they my, I was talking to my grandma on the phone. She just said they had their first uh, snow blur, uh, not blizzard, but fall uh, about two weeks ago. So, yeah, that was Man, uh, starting early. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. So, talk a little <laughs> bit about um, like, do you remember moving to Potomac, starting at Potomac Elementary? I mean, imagine it was a bit of a transition. Oh yeah, no, I, uh, I it was definitely a big transition coming uh, to Potomac. I mean, I kind of. Uh, uh, moving here didn't really phase me too much as it did my brother and sister. Uh, I remember one of the few things is our house. When we got the house, like shortly thereafter, the basement flooded. Same house <laughs> you live in right now? Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, I mean, the thing that kind of took, I mean, I remember I have great memories from looking back when I was young, but the thing is my twin brother had cancer. And so, yeah. as most people well know, and so that kind of was one thing that a lot of memories from when I first moved here, that <laughs> it was about 15 years ago now. So that's one that just definitely sticks out, but... I that, remember my teachers. That, that's actually like one of one of my earliest memories mm-hmm. from Potomac Elementary is um, uh, they brought in a film of Corey in the hospital, mm-hmm. kind of like giving the thumbs up, and like I, I was a pretty touching moment. I remember yeah. everyone in the class was like clapping and super excited that he was going to be okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. It was uh, definitely so. That was the second time he had it, and he uh, we just went in for a routine doctor's appointment, or and uh, with his. Uh, his uh, not pediatrician but the person who was doing his cancer um work i don't even though i work in health policy i should know this but i don't know off the top of my head but um it's okay we're not scientists (laughs) um but they just said something was wrong and we need to do more tests and a little later they figured out that night that it relapsed and so um he went down luckily they had to do a blood test to see who would have the bone marrow transplant and so even though I was not a match for it, my sister was fortunate enough to be a match. And you would think that the twin would be a match, but I think I had one out of the 11 things in common that they look for. That's like crazy. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, and so you guys are um, fraternal? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Fraternal twins, so yeah. not identical? Correct. So that's not, I mean, so if, if you guys were, what's, what's the term for identical twins? Identical twins. Is it, is it, it's not, it's not fraternal and. It's fraternal identical. Fraternal and identical? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we can probably edit that out. Um, no, I'll keep that in. Okay, all right, that's good. Uh, so, like, had you been identical twins? I mean, I'm assuming at that point, like, you would have, right? I, I mean, it's the same DNA. I couldn't even tell you. That's, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. Is it just, is it when people talk about, like, the psychic connection, is that only between identical twins, or do people still talk about that between fraternal twins I, as well? I, well, I mean, I think they definitely think of it more with identical, but I'm not going to lie. There's been some times where me and Corey are... All right, well, please give me at least two. Examples? Yes, please. Oh, I can't think of all Please give me one. One? I Just something. Vague feelings? Yeah, no, there's definitely been times where my... 
I uh, love my mother, but she said some things were definitely maybe questionable. <laughs> and me and my brother, we just look at each other on the same thing and just like, like, or not even that, just, yeah. But I, those little moments that are tough to explain where you're both on the same page. Yeah, you're exactly. both on the same like, wavelength. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so went to Batonga Elementary, then you went to uh, Hoover. Went to Hoover, yep, correct. Um, what was Hoover like for you? Um, that's where it's kind of, so being in Potomac, it's kind of hard to avoid that the, the affluence that's in the area and the, the great education we have. And that's where I kind of started to understand a little bit more of kind of not what we were dealing with, but like when I went, when I moved from DC, like it was kind of just middle-class, like decent paying government jobs, working to being in one of the wealthiest suburbs in the United States. And that was definitely, uh, when you're such little kids, you don't really remember like that. You don't get it at all. Exactly. Did you, and you, you, you're saying you like kind of started to realize it in middle school? Yeah. That's when I definitely started realizing it. And like when like people were, uh, like they, so I pride myself on mowing my lawn and shoveling my snow and doing my leaves it's and a, knowing that nobody it's else. It's a big hearty South Dakota bar out here. <laughs> um, knowing that nobody else really did that in our school and everybody had long crews. It was kind of just like, Oh, like, this is not like it. We're in DC. It was kind of common for other people to be doing that as well. Right. So that's kind of where it started to fall out. Then when people were driving their Mercedes and the BMWs to school in high school, that's, oh, yeah. where, it, that's yeah. where it really jumped out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever really noticed it. Noticed it until, because uh, I mean, I grew up here, but I, I like started noticing it really in you know in high school. And you're like, oh, yeah. this is what. Like, my parents are talking about. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I hate to bring this up, but it's funny because when people ask me uh, where you went to high school, I'd be kind of reluct- a little reluctant to say Churchill just because they're always... I used in- to not be. Yeah. But but then enough people have been like, oh. Yeah. A very negative connotation. And I mean, that doesn't change the fact that people we are because I know a lot of people who are nice people who are very selfless and very caring to other people and just being genuinely good people. But it's kind of just, unfortunately there's this negative connotation around church. Like, there's oh, de- yeah. there's oh. definitely a certain stigma that people yeah, definitely think of. And, I, and of the wealthy schools, church was kind of the one that was the most hated. Oh, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've definitely noticed myself. I'll say, I don't necessarily feel bad saying I'm from Churchill. I just kind of, when I say it, I'm like, I'm from Churchill. Like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You don't even have to say it. Like, <laughs> Um, well, there's another story is, uh, so I'm not sure if you guys know this, but the major for the police chiefs across the nation, the major, the association of it, the major police chiefs, chief, uh, president is actually the sheriff from Montgomery County. And so did not know that. Yeah. And so I met him last, uh, two, two years ago at an event. And I said, I walk up to him at the end and I say, thank you for uh, everything you do and keeping our community safe. And I try to kind of avoid the Potomac uh, narrative just because the connotation it sometimes brings. And so he goes, I just want to thank you for keeping our area safe. And he goes, well, uh, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from Rockville. (laughs) And he goes, (laughs) like, oh, where in Rockville are you from? And I'm like, or where do you live? And I go, uh, oh, I'm right there, right where River Meets Falls. And he goes, he looks at me and starts laughing and grabs me on the shoulder. He's like, I know why you said that. <laughs> so yeah, that's oh. funny. That's funny. Yeah, the village, man. The that's village. So, mean so for for those of you who don't know the geography, that is like literally where River Meets Falls is the heart of Potomac. Yeah. That's where if you look on a map, that's the dot where Potomac is. And Carrie lives about a block away from there. Yeah. One of the oldest houses. It's uh, I think it was built in like the nineteen like forties or fifties or something like that. Back when it was Potomac was all a bunch of farms. It was and, just yeah, farmland. Yeah, exactly. So 
I guess this is probably good. So I've, I wanted to ask this question. I haven't exactly phrased it um, to the other people we've interviewed, but like, I'll ask it to both of you. If you were explaining Potomac to an outsider, how would you explain it, do you think? What do you mean explain it? Like, to what it looks like, how the people are? Both. The kind of the culture of Potomac. Shit, Potomac doesn't even really have a culture, in my, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I, we're a big melting pot. So yeah. it's kind of, we have like a lot of different... Because uh... people kind of come here after acquiring wealth, you mean? Like, it's not a lot of stuff has, not a lot of history has built up with families being here um, yeah, like generations over time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't time. say it's like a great Gatsby, old chap, old money type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I really think it's, it's more of a, there's a lot of doctors. We have a lot, a lot of diplomats live around oh, here. Oh, definitely. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems to me like a lot of people, they make a lot of money and they want to move their family out here because of the really good education that's in this area. 100%. And also the location to the canal in Great Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a national park that's literally 10 minutes down the road. Uh, also, you're going to be sending your kid to one of the best public schools in the country. Yeah. Um, so Just quick side note, it's astonishing how many people don't know that that's there. Like the Potomac River and the CNO Canal and the, tow, and the towpath. No way. Huh. There's there's an astonishing amount of people who also know it's there and haven't been there. Wow. I have neighbors on my street who have never been to the towpath. Oh wow. Yeah. And you're what five minutes away? Yeah. Like, if, less yeah. than yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But no, I to harp on AJ's point. It's 100 percent that. I mean, the safety you get around these in the uh, the area of Potomac is really safe in the education system. I but what we had eight schools in the top 100. Uh, in the area oh, yeah. around us oh, that yeah. we graduated. Um, like, yeah, I mean, Montgomery County just in general has really good public schools. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's that. And, I mean, to answer your question about the culture of it, I mean, it's kind of really hard to to hit on exactly the culture of it, but, uh, but like, doctors and... Because it's pretty diverse still. Like, Churchill was... I mean, it's not an all-white school yeah. by any means. Correct. And there's a large Jewish community as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, I will... I mean... And not to say that it has anything to do with the culture, but Dan Snyder does live pretty close to here. Yeah. But his kids went to St. Andrews. Which is right right next next to Churchill. (laughs) So if that answers any questions anyone has, Dan Snyder lives basically in Potomac, and his kids went to school right next door to us. Not that that's a – I'm not sure if that's a pro right now with how he's running the Redskins. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's a pro. I'm saying if anyone wants an idea of like, oh, what is Potomac Bay, it's not something I'd brag about. That's also where Donald Trump's son goes. He goes to St. Andrews? Yeah. But apparently I've heard really good things about him at the school. His name's Barron, right? Yeah, Barron. I heard he's really nice. He's his first name. He's kind of trying to I keep I mean, yeah, a, it's tough to be the son of any president. Yeah, especially. <laughs> but, um, you yeah, know, I keep he's trying to keep a little profile and trying to make sure that uh, he's not rocking the boat by any means. But, I mean, when you have Secret Service pull up and kind of cause a traffic jam in the morning, that he's unfortunately having to... That's uh, it's kind of a red yeah. flag. Like, hey, you might be uh, yeah, but it's not the his son fault. of the president. Like, he's, just, he's just trying to go to school. And yeah. I think he's, he's just trying to get them grades. Or something, so. All right, so I guess now we can transition uh, into our Churchill years. Uh, how was your How was your Churchill experience? How did How are your four years at Churchill go? I mean, there's definitely pros and cons, but I feel like everybody at any high school across the nation had their pros and cons with the school. I mean, I had a great experience. I'm still great friends with a lot of the people who I went to high school with. I'm roommates with one of them still. 
Um, who are your like? Who are your tight friends um, when uh, you're at church? Uh, James Taylor is one of my uh, mm-hmm. best friends. That's how I know you guys, obviously. Shout, Shout out, out James, James Taylor. Yeah, he's gonna be a probably a future guest <laughs> on one of these days. That'll be a wild episode. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> um, but I was also good friends with uh, Kevin Pan and um, Shout out Michael Abrahams. Shout and, out. Uh, uh, my twin and uh, shout out Lucas. Corey. Yeah, Corey. Shout out. Yeah, he might give this a listen. I hope. Uh, oh, he better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's coming on. Lucas Hansen. He's out in Colorado now. Oh, is he? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to see uh, the different how kind of we've all gone uh, our different ways and people throughout the country and let alone the country. They're all across the world now, but. Whenever I run into people in the village, it's always like, "Oh, how are you doing?" Like, "Hi," like a friendly conversation. It's kind of the any drama or anything like that's kind of just done at this point. So, dude, yeah, it is crazy to think about. Um, just thinking back to high school and all these people who, like, obviously, you know, you're young and it's like, "Oh yeah," you know, I'm gonna be friends with these people forever, or, like keep in touch with them forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, not to say that like you distance yourself from everyone from high school, but it's something that you don't expect to mm-hmm. see, like you know, people that you knew back when they were younger, seeing them doing all these such vastly different things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's, uh, it's very interesting to see. Oh, no, I actually ran into someone today at the gym who was one of my best friends in middle school, and she, um, we had no falling out or nothing like that, but it's just funny how people's lives just move in different directions, and she actually, we brought that up, and she was saying how crazy that is as well, and it was good seeing her, and, uh, but yeah, no, it's crazy how everybody's just going off and doing their own. I never thought that Connor would be doing ecology and, or... We might have to edit this part out. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Uh, conservation. Conservation. Yeah, conservation yeah. It's all, yeah. it's all connected. Everyone hold Connor yeah. accountable. Yeah. Grad school for ecology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really look back on my choice, on my Churchill years fondly. And um, whether it was like going to the football games on Friday and watching that or like um, just the memories I have. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, tonight is actually Churchill's homecoming. Interesting. Yeah. No, Allison's, uh, I got a, I got a kid sister who's a freshman there now. At Churchill? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did all the pictures and stuff at our house here today. It was really loud upstairs. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't leave the basement. Not that I could if I wanted to, but basement I didn't leave boy, the basement. Basement Boys podcast. The yeah, Basement <laughs> Boys, they shout out. Um, it's, cr- it's crazy to think, like, when I was a senior uh, at Churchill, my sister was a freshman. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm a year out. I'm over a year out, and my sister's, like, halfway through college. Oh, yeah. It's oh, pretty crazy. Yeah, 100%. And it's also interesting to see the size that Churchill was just because, what, we graduated with 600, 500, four, somewhere from, like, yeah, Somewhere in the middle, right? Like, 550 like, or something? Yeah, mid, mid fives, yeah. Yeah, mid yeah. fives in our graduating class. And people I know in South Dakota, like, that's their whole K through 12. That's, <laughs> the, that's the town. Like, in middle school, yeah. <laughs> no, just I mean, I, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I went to uh, the, the grade school I went through, first through sixth grade, it was this Montessori school 30 kids in the whole school first through sixth oh wow there was two other kids in my graduating sixth grade class wow very weird then i went to hoover and then to churchill strange very weird but it's good i mean i think it's good to go to a big public school you get to meet a lot of different people yeah Uh, you get to kind of find your place in a social setting exactly kind of who you are obviously in high school you don't know who you are yet but yeah that's one of the reasons why i left landon so so i went to landon fifth through seventh grade um, I mean, my parents wanted me to go there because it's a good yeah, private cool. all-boys school, mm-hmm. good academics. Um, but I, that, what I was – one, I didn't like wearing the uniforms every day. Fuck or I guess the <laughs> – uh, more the dress code. And also, I mean, no girls was an issue for me. And, and uh, 
ladies. Not day. that I knew. Not that I knew how to talk to girls at that time. That was the trans- <laughs> the transition to eighth grade was like, holy shit! I have no clue what I'm fucking doing. What have I gotten myself into? But look at him now. Look at him now. <laughs> All right. Um, and also, just every uh, my class. I think my grade in Landon was like thirty or forty. It was kind of just the same thing every day. But the thing about going to church was. I could meet someone new every day. I, I saw some. I see someone that I've never seen before every day. It's it's kind of the excitement factor yeah. and that anything can but kind you, of happen. Question for you about that is that it seems like at those private schools, there's a big sense of like not only community but just a sense of pride of like where you went to school. Uh, like I was I was at a friend's house yesterday, and on a Friday night, uh, he he went to St. John's and he was watching St. John's football, and he was just like all hyped up about his high school football team. No, did you have that pride when you went to Landon? I had a little bit of it. I um, were you watching it on TV? Yeah, we were watching on TV. If yeah. I was watching Church of Football on TV, I would be fucking hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I was... James Wood, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> not even... Not even get into Don't that. get on that off-ramp. <laughs> um, I, I mean, fifth through seventh grade, I, I, I definitely enjoyed going there, but it was time for me to move mm-hmm. on personally. But definitely, yeah. I mean, if I had stayed through high school, I imagine I would still have that kind of... That bonds. Yeah. Um, Remember, okay, remember when uh, we did crew together for like yeah. two weeks? Yeah, crew was, crew was a, I really enjoyed it. It was, Dude, um, I fucking hated it. I had, uh, I didn't, yeah. yeah, no, I enjoyed the people I was rowing my boat with. Um, I enjoyed the uh, experiences I had, the friendships I made, and um, because uh, not only with the high school teams we were rowing against, uh, the public high school teams, some of the best in the country, but the private school teams like Gonzaga and St. John's and all. I the, didn't last that long. Yeah, they they were the, they went to uh, Gonzaga went to Britain to go row in Whoa, uh, race, cool. and so like they just everybody we came in last place consistently. So my cousin is the goalies coach at Gonzaga now. Oh, okay. <clears throat> shout out, dude! It, shout out, <laughs> shout out, Mike Format. For me, it was it was a bit too. Well, one, crazy time-consuming. Oh, yeah. It would take forever for everyone to get to the bus. Then it would take forever to get to the Anacostia River. Then it would take forever for the coaches to get there. Then it would take forever to get the boats in the water. And by then, we'd have, like, 30, 40 minutes on the water, and then we'd have to leave. Yep. No, I understand completely. And it was time-consuming. I think the only reason why I did it, in fact, was because my mom was just on me and my twins' ass to get something for college. (laughs) Get some... A little extracurricular. Yeah. Well, and I'd, like, I'd, I'd been on a team before, and the coach... You know, I'd had my fair share of hard-ass coaches. Yeah. And the crew coach, who was just a college student from UMD, who I yeah. already didn't really respect because he yeah. was late all the fucking time <laughs> and I didn't want to be there, yeah. was like, Connor, are you tired? I was like, fuck-ass no, dude. I'm in shape. He's like, why aren't you tired? I was like, oh, trick fucking question. And then I like, quit the next day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be asking no. trick questions? Oh I, oh, I didn't realize we were doing I that. Quit. <laughs> Really, we really missed out on Connor's presence. He could have been a great, great rower. No, dude, I was catching them crabs all day. I sucked. <laughs> dude, I, I, I yeah, did, you were catching crabs. I didn't have the feel for it. I literally didn't understand it. And I always stepped in the boat on the wrong spot. I was, <laughs> I was a danger to the whole entire operation. And I don't know if this is appropriate to bring up, but like that guy died. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is terrible to be what? laughing about. But yeah, our coach died of a stage four terminal cancer within like he got it. We he went in for a doctor's appointment. He got the uh, news, and then he passed away like less than two months later. More no fucking yeah. way, dude. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And the thing Are you is, serious? Yeah. Not the call. Co- not the college kids who were mainly like yeah, the I was interacting coach. with yeah. is the varsity coach. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't on varsity. Yeah. That's that's still yeah. wild though, man. Just the, just the fact that you could go in, they're like, oh, it's stage four. You've got less. Oh yeah. 
You have less than half a year to mm-hmm. live. I can't imagine a diagnosis of anything where they say you have less than six months. Yeah, like, yeah it really gets, shows you how valuable life is. Dude, it really yeah. does, man. Yeah, but he, uh, that, I mean, on top, rest in peace, Brad. But Rest uh, in peace, Brad. But I remember he really liked me because I, from being a pretty shitty basketball player, I could dribble and shoot both hands. Uh, and so I was able to translate that to rowing. So I didn't even know which side was which for the first, <laughs> even when I was on varsity, he was just like, put me in this seat and I was able to go both sides. So it <laughs> benefited me well. <laughs> I just remember Carrie's got these lanky, long ass arms and we all have to carry the boat to the water. So it was like four <laughs> of us carrying a boat and I was, you know, I'm, I'm like five seven. I'm pretty short, and I'm I'm all the weights on me somehow, and I'm like straining. And Carrie's like, "Man, this is pretty light." And I just remember like, "Oh yeah." And I, t- I take my hands off, and Carrie's like, "Fuck, it's not light anymore." <laughs> yeah, we had some good times. Well, because when you're when times. you're the lowest point, I mean, you got all the weight weighing on you. You're the oh. only thing holding it up. Everyone else is slacking. <laughs> it's probably anyway, slacking back then, yeah. Moving on from crew, we've given crew way too much time. Carrie, uh, how was your beach week experience? It was, it was a interesting experience to say the least. Uh, my parents uh, decided that you know, I could only go if my dad went. So we have to talk about this. No, we don't have to talk about it. We're gonna... I, uh, <laughs> Wait, did your did your dad end up going? Yes, he did. What oh. he did go, and he how involved uh, was he? Uh, not too involved. He just pretty much stayed in the hotel room. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I just uh, just your safety. Stayed, yeah, to make sure I was safe and make sure I didn't get into trouble. And he wanted. Did to you stay in a hotel? Yeah, I did stay in the hotel and uh, right next in a room right next to him. Uh, so that was interesting. I think I went with Lucas as well and my twin because my twin wasn't planning on going. And uh, then. Yeah. Hey, Jay, we have. I think we should save ours for a bit later. Yeah, for was when, saying, I'd uh, love to hear about your guys' beach. We have week. just. A, I think I need to think about it a bit more and try and remember everything that happened yeah. to make it. Just, I mean, there's a there's a ton of different moving parts, and I think we probably maybe go over it with James. We had one of the weirdest beach week. We <laughs> moved, we like we moved places where we, we, we were it. staying. We should save it for Mid Hubbard. Beach week. We yeah, should, let's when save Hubbard, it for when Hubbard, Hubbard comes on because he okay. was the driver. Yeah, per- okay, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had a great time, a whole lot of fun. Yeah, but. I, I'm happy for you guys. My beach week was <laughs> my beach week was less than stellar, but at the same point time, I met some good friends, and I still had some good memories that I look back fondly of. So uh, happy that it happened, and. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, it sounds like you guys had one. Actually, I think I visited you guys a couple times. Just a maybe. bunch of idiot high yeah, schoolers wild enough. James shat his pants and uh, shout out that. James, <laughs> on the record, James did Allegedly. shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I can shit my pants. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to bring that up when we have him on. But Well, he'll hear this and he'll be uh, rearing to defend himself. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just James. Like, the whole house smelled like James, shit. it's a matter of research and not debate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, um, unless you have anything more to say about Churchill, we can move on from Churchill. Yeah, no, I mean, Churchill, it was a good experience. It gave me a great education. It gave me a great um, great friends that I still have today. And uh, But, I mean, there definitely came with some of its cons. And, I mean, but I think that's every school. And so I'm happy about it happened. Um, there's things that I think I wish when looked back. I wish I played football and, like, I wish I looked back looked did some things differently, but at the same point in time, you can't live in the past. And I was actually going to ask, sorry, like, did you do any um, extracurriculars or having any hobbies in high yeah, school? No, I don't even really remember. I think uh, um, just chilling with the boys. Yeah, really, just chill with the boys. Like, I was see, I was kind of fortunate that um, when we talk about the next stages of our lives, I kind of figured out what I wanted to do um, at a very early stage of for the rest of my life, but. 
in high school, I was kind of lost. But I mean, I think like a I mean, lot I of, think that's everyone. That's bro. everybody. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know what the hell I was doing in high school. Yeah. What is this life thing? So I, how do I, mean, I do? Yeah. All right. But wait, before we transition real quick, uh, just two things you liked about Churchill. One thing that, you know, you wish you could have uh, improved. Mm. And, you know, maybe it could be something that you did, something that you wish was better about the school. Um, hmm, two things that were great about it. I mean, the friends that I have um, and the way that the school has kind of, since we've graduated, been able to been the f- people who went there are definitely friendlier now that we're graduating and everybody seems to care about each other's well-being mm-hmm. um so there sounds like it seems like a like a sense of community um and then another great thing was um uh, just education i mean when you go to a top 50 school in the united states uh that's, that's it was a good to, school like low-key <laughs> like i can't like i can't deny the fact that like they it set us very uh, it set us up very well for success and you're seeing that a lot of people who we graduated with doing really great things and so i can't deny like that Churchill had probably played a big factor in educating us. Um, the things I wish we did different, um, well, I'll do one of me and then one of the school in general. I mean, I think with me, I wish I was more involved. Like, when we talk about the activities, I wish there were some things that wish I was a little bit more social. I kind of gained a lot of social skills when I went out to college, and I can talk to a brick wall now, and so I wish I was able to Fair. be more. I mean, I think that's kind of most people. Yeah, I, yeah, and... Um, and then, but I mean, there's kind of the, with, I think being from Potomac and being, going to Churchill, the affluence that we have versus the rest of the country, it kind of, I was kind of always did a good job of keeping humble because my dad would kick my ass if I didn't, but, <laughs> um, to put it bluntly, but. Son, you uh, ever walk through seven feet of snow? <laughs> um, you ever walk half a mile through seven feet of snow to milk a cow? <laughs> Before you go to school? <laughs> <laughs> you ever ride a cow to school and then <laughs> no there is there is definitely a certain level of privilege uh that kids at church exactly. have that i think some people obviously uh, you know not you but i think some people don't realize um, exactly in themselves 100%. and like it's kind of annoying i think that's one of the things where like parenting plays such a big role and it's like how um, yes making sure like your kid stays humble and your kid stays driven because at the end of the day the parents are the reason why they got here and it's not the kids, uh, it's not the kids Bentley or BMW or Mercedes that drive, right. it's the parents. So, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much my Churchill experience. I enjoyed it and look back on it fondly. Well said, well said. All right. So post Churchill, tell us about your life. So, um, that was actually a, um, really interesting. So I took actually my first semester of college while everybody went, um, where'd you go to college? I went to, I had a crazy journey. I went, started at, uh, so I, the first semester, I went to the University of Maryland, graduated from uh, college. What it do, baby. (laughs) And, uh, but my first semester of college, I took off because I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I was kind of uh, in the, um, no other way to say it other than fuck boy stage of my life. Uh, That summer and everyone uh, needs a healthy fuckboy stage it, yeah life. i think so and so i was kind of in it that summer and like the se- second semester of my uh senior year of high school james has had a six-year fuckboy stage <laughs> of his life though <laughs> james has been in his fuckboy <laughs> stage since 1996 <laughs> bro <laughs> what do you mean james came out a straight fuck baby <laughs> <laughs> mr taylor would agree <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. I but um, so no, I so the uh, my dad worked for a United States senator from South Dakota, and he retired in uh, 2014. And so I took that semester uh, to my dad asked me. If, uh, they said they needed help finding an intern. Would you be interested? And so not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, 
uh, and planning on going to school at Auburn University down in Alabama, um, I decided to take that semester off and go to uh, intern on Capitol Hill. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And it helped me figure out what I want to do for my future. So you were planning on going to Auburn? Yes, I got into Auburn University and I joke I went on a college visit and I had this was the year that they were coming off the national championship visit. They lost in the to Florida State. And so it was, I was just thinking about beautiful women and great football and <laughs> like good and warm weather like, and like acad- what else do I want from college? Yeah, <laughs> academia was not I think those are the things that any 17-year-old kid will look for. I think I mean, academia was not <laughs> honest I was I mean I was just thinking about beautiful women and great football. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That should be on a post my, my tour guide was a southern, like, blonde southern belle. It was, yeah. <laughs> Definitely still sticks out today. We might have to edit this out, but... <laughs> no, no. So this, w- you're only speaking the truth right now. <laughs> what exactly were your duties when you were interning? So it was actually interesting. Capitol Hill is really a place where you just, you kind of go far by keeping your head down and just doing anything that you need to be done. And so when I was doing my internship, I opened up the office, sorted the mail, did tours of the Capitol um, for constituents from South Dakota. I um, also kind of, uh, what else did I do? I pretty much ran the front desk. Pretty much, I didn't really know at the time. Like I, at the time, I strictly got the internship off nepotism. They just needed somebody to fill it, and my dad just... Nepotism. Hey, hey man, I yeah. will say, it's all about networking. Look, don't let anyone... Make yeah, you feel no, bad no, no, about no, no. it. And honestly, it really, I, I can, I've done a future things as well, and none of that was based off nepotism. This first one was, and I think a lot of people have that as their first stepping stone. And so I was honestly, the the current chief of staff in the office is one, now one of my biggest mentors who wanted, who was, he actually ran a congressional campaign in 2018, and he, I was one of the first people he called to bring on the staff. That's and fucking so, sick. So That's yeah, amazing. No, it was, um, and we can get to that into that later down the road, but um, yeah, no, it was it was a great experience for me. And I was going to be a business major at uh, Auburn, and so I actually switched to political science as a result of this. Oh well, yeah. Um, so that um, kind of after that, I went to Towson University, and for uh, how long? I was there for a year and a half. Okay. And uh, when I was there, I was working on uh, the. I knew I kind of wanted to continue into politics, and so I worked on, uh, I was asked the chief of staff at the time, what should I do to continue my interest? And he said there was a Senate race in Maryland going on, so I worked on Senator Van Hollen's primary campaign to replace a senator. Shout uh, out Van Hollen. Yep, shout out Chris Van Hollen. Uh, And he was running to replace Senator Mikulski, who was in the Senate for 30 years, and she retired. And so I worked on that campaign. It was uh, one of the brutalist primaries in the nation and uh, the white house actually had to get involved for oh, some wow. ad advertisements that went on by our opponent well how so how so get into that a little bit it was bit. something about i mean this was about like four years ago now but it was about gun control and it was the obama white house at the time they got involved because um they were the our opponent was mischaracterizing his statements on i think it was gun control and then also social security um trying to say that he would make cuts to it and so i can't re- remember the exact arguments at the time but it was very close uh primary at the time where the polls went back and forth on showing who was in the lead and we ended up winning by I think like 15 points because he started pulling away towards the end nice um, can I actually sorry can I yeah. I'm going to quickly jump back yeah, no was problem. there was there a defining moment when you were interning with that first internship where you realized wow this is something I actually really care about and I want to do was there was it kind of very gradual or is there like a certain moment where like wow I can actually make a really cool impact um Kind of. I mean, the thing is, when I was up there, is kind of I realized that I was working with some of the brightest minds from across the country. And so when you're up there, it's kind of 
you're kind of inspiring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just kind of a sponge. I joke that I used to be be able to recognize every single football and basketball statistic, and once I realized that I couldn't jump over a yellow books, um, I should quit my dreams of going to the <laughs> NBA and try to pick a different profession. And so I kind of gave politics a shot, and it kind of has worked out well in my favor thus far. And um, so. Just uh, there wasn't really a defining moment. I just like this the aura and the vibe and like the history of being up here, like being able to say you walked in the same places that like John F. Kennedy walked, and um, like there's a plaque outside of this office of uh, what was then Senator Barack Obama's, and being able to say like, oh, this is where his Senate office was. So cool. would you say? So I mean, th- I guess there wasn't one specific moment, but would you say? I mean, once you were in there and doing it, you yeah. kind of knew. Yeah. yeah, and at that time, like, that was my, I was 17, 18 years old, I think, something like that, and, like, that was my very first foray into politics, and so later on, as my journey expands, that's where it was kind of, like, the history of, like, I'm standing where, like, these, like, great leaders spoke, like, um, we'll be able to get into you that. You kind of found, like, you, you found a sense of place in yeah, history, exactly. and you're part of, like, you're part of a story larger yeah, and something than big, something bigger than yourself. And you kind of see, like, because of my twin brother's cancer experiment, I was able to see firsthand how, like, policy impacts people, uh, people's daily hmm. lives. Like, uh, in the, um, I'm not going to go into a healthcare policy debate, but at the end of the day, my twin brother reached his lifetime cap of uh, what the insurance company would pay when he was about eight years old if it wasn't for the fact my dad had good health insurance. Right. And so, like, seeing, like, those small things up close and personal, like, he has a pre-existing condition. So, like, that, like, he would be denied healthcare coverage. So, like, you kind of see how like um these things like affect each other's lives so that's really cool so so moving on sorry um that was a flashback so moving on to what was the last thing you were talking about so yeah so i went i went to towson worked on senator van holland's race also van holland sorry freddie gray riots happened when i was there as well and so i was um worked on a baltimore city council race just to see what like city politics was like um, Do you want to give a little background into the Freddie Gray riots, just briefly, sixty seconds? Yeah, no, it just was for those uh, of us who may not know what those are. It was, <laughs> it was riots that happened in Baltimore as a result of this guy by the name of Freddie Gray, who um, was uh, in the custody of the police. He ended up dying. I don't know all the facts into it, um, and uh, I do know that like there was some arguments made on one side of like police brutality uh, on Freddie's side, but on the other mm-hmm. side, it was also that he had a criminal record to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to, I'll let well, yeah, just people to do their cl- own just research, a classic but yeah, that's, that's exactly. Police, anti-police yeah, riots. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, so that's what um, those riots uh, go back to. Uh, so I worked on that and I kind of realized that I didn't want to do city politics, but it gave me a good opportunity to see, work on campaigns and do that stuff like up close and personal. Um, after, so as fun as And you're, and you're, sorry, that was, you're in school at that time? Yep. I was in school. Okay. Yeah. How was balancing that out? Oh, it was tough. It was tough. I'd be doing a lot of schoolwork at night, but I'd still find ways to, um, go to, uh, go exercise and then go out with my boys, (laughs) shout out basement boys, but go out with my boys at night, (laughs) Uh, go out to the bars on like Fridays and Saturdays and, um, you know, sometimes it's fun just to stay in and be in a basement. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck addicts, go basements. (laughs) Addicts ain't shit. <laughs> All right, so um, how long were you at Towson for? That was, so that last, um, the campaign cycle ended, and that's when I kind of decided I was kind of getting ready to leave. I kind of, Towson's a bar school. and Props to you for, like, totally being willing to hop around, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I kind of realized that, one, I kind of maxed out everything I could do politically while I was there. Um, two is I had the opportunity to go to Maryland, and even though Towson's a, a decent school, they just got recognized as a nationally ranked school. So shout out to them. Um, the chance to go to the University of Maryland came 
um, on my radar. And so, I mean, that's a very good school. So I decided to transfer there. And, uh, and that's where you finished, ended up finishing. Correct. Correct. Um, so I, um, was that a tough decision for you? Not really. No, I mean, not at all. Actually. Just uh, once you stacked up the facts, you're like, okay, it's time. Yeah. I I wanted to do something different and I wanted, I liked Towson, but at the same point in time, it was kind of, uh, kind of like I, the same way it was towards Maryland at the end. It was like, you can only go to Bentley's and turf so many times before you're tired of it. Oh like, my Lord. Yeah. And so like those schools, it was kind of like, it was kind of the same way about there. Did Towson. you live with Corey? Uh, yeah, I did. I okay. my twin brother when I went to, uh, there, I, um, did a, continued my work in politics by interning for a, um, uh, committee and the intern before me I actually had to do a semester at Montgomery college in between Towson and Maryland. And so the intern before me graduated from Harvard and the intern after me graduated summa cum laude from, or the intern before me was at not Harvard. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And the intern after was graduated summa cum laude from William and Mary and I was at Montgomery college. So it was really right place, right time. And also it was kind of, I just kept my head down and did anything they asked of me. And she's, she, uh, my boss, she said that I did a better job in the first week than the whole, the Harvard did, Harvard kid did in this whole time there. Not a big deal. Hey, let that go to show that I don't give a fuck what school you went to. Yeah. It's all about your work ethic. Oh, man. it's exactly. Cause he thought he should be uh, telling the committee staff how they should be running policy and what, what different bills they oh, should be Oh, he's one of those stuck up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I just did all the administrative tasks My father. <laughs> I just did anything they asked and I kept my head down and I tried to soak up information like a sponge and. That's pretty much how that happened. I went to Maryland right after that. and um, uh, Sorry, you already said this, I think, but political science? Yeah. I was a government major at the time, and I think because of my work, I had like a 3.1 GPA, and so I think the reason I had the resume, that I definitely helped uh, get that in. Is a, So is 3.1 for a poli-sci major, is that like not great? I mean... <laughs> I, I, I don't so uh, I started college as a computer science major and if you have like a, if you have above a 3.0 as a computer science major you are chilling <laughs> you are balling out I switched to the business school and it was like I mean once you're in the business school yeah. at Maryland like as long as you don't drop below a 2.5 you won't get kicked yeah. out yeah but for the most part you know if you're walking around bragging about having like a like a 3.5 in the business school it's you know still not yeah. I mean, obviously you worked hard and stuff, but yeah. like a kid with a two eight in comp sci is working harder than you with a three five in yeah. business. Guaranteed. I heard, I heard the business school also really sets you up well for your success in the future, let alone the fact that it's nationally ranked, but it does a really good job of trying to help. They sure. do a good job with like career fairs, yeah. clubs. Um, there's a lot of business fraternities. Um, I ended up you know, not getting a job through them, but I mean, they have this one, uh, this portal, it was this Maryland Smith school of business. Yeah. Um, and they have this portal called hire Smith, okay. which is essentially you just upload your resume. You say what fields you're interested in, what subfields, and it just pulls up jobs that are looking for wow. applicants out of college. And you can literally just go in and if it's just a resume they're looking for, you just press submit and it, you can do that for like literally a hundred jobs if you wanted to. Yeah. Some of them will require a cover letter. You write a little cover letter yeah. for it and then you submit it. It, it they do really hey, facilitate AJ, could you um, explain what a cover letter is for some of us who might not know? <laughs> so a little backstory here is that uh, James Taylor, <laughs> James Taylor, when he was applying for jobs, said uh, we were asking him where he was applying. We were like, yeah, yeah, I'm submitting resumes. 
We were like, I mean, do any of them like require cover letters? He's like, oh no, I fucking I got a cover letter. I got a I got a cover letter from Obama. <laughs> and we're like, yo. I was I'm, like, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? He's like, oh yeah, no, I got this fucking award for like, uh, you, you know, service hours back in high school, and I fucking <laughs> I got a handwritten letter from Obama. So that's my fucking it's my cover letter. We're like. James, a cover letter is a brief, like, two to three paragraph description of why you would be good for the specific job you are applying at at the specific company you're applying to. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> no, like, no, that's what that's what I said. No, no. I, so I put the Obama cover letter, then my resume, and then the certificate on the back. <laughs> that's what I submit. And we were like, James... Cover letter. You have to write the cover letter, <laughs> put your resume, and then maybe you can include the Obama letter if you want. I mean, that is kind of cool, but it's also cool. probably just a, a just a bullet point on the resume. But all right, I, another I, thing James has to defend himself uh, when he comes on the pod. One, well, well, another thing that James has to defend himself with is apparently he was ter- trying to take, complete his science with a lab, and he was doing it. And he James took- fighting on multiple fronts right now. <laughs> And he took James, you got a lot of explaining to do. James be the Kurds. <laughs> <laughs> so James up, James uh took the lab, but he didn't take the class. Yes, and dude. <laughs> so he's going up he was going into this class and doing the lab and he was just like, Where are you guys learning all this stuff? Like, where are you guys doing this shit? No. Yeah. In Canada? No, in the United States. <laughs> At MC, yeah, at MC, yeah. So yeah, so James. I, I guess, I guess for, I, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this, but when like, you take a lab in college, there is a a class that's one credit that you have to actually take, and then you go and do the lab for like three credits, which is like two hours yeah. once a week. And James, I guess, just was not doing the administrative portion <laughs> of that class. <laughs> okay, enough, enough of enough shitting on James. That's um, going to be a Joe Rogan two-hour podcast when he comes on. Jesus Christ. I mean, dude, we'll have to section out a whole afternoon for him. <laughs> um, okay, so, Carrie, where did we leave off? after? Where, where, where were we just? Uh, so, Carrie, I actually have a question for you. What uh, Overall, like, what was your impression of Maryland? What are your thoughts, comments, concerns overall? How would you like it? Um, I enjoyed my time at Maryland. and It was a good school. Um, I... Actually, to be honest with you, uh, if we're being completely honest, I didn't like it too much. Uh, it was it was a big it was a big campus. Great school, great it, school. It, it but was, like, <sighs> I really liked it. But honestly, it, I didn't really like it. It, it was a uh, it was a big campus. It was cold all winter, so you have to think about how you're freezing your ass off. Uh, on top of that, I didn't like the teachers. I thought they were a bunch of. Um, just academics who uh, teaching about government, but they haven't worked in government or the policy setting. So I didn't, mm. didn't like that. Uh, the, they didn't have any hands-on experience. Like the practical experience. It's easy to be Monday morning quarterbacks is what I've learned and critique and how mm. things could have gone if they'd done this differently. So I didn't like that. It's a great um, sports analogy for professors. Yep. Uh, on top of that. I mean, there's some that were good. I had some good professors there, but I've had to think about the all of them. Uh, it'd probably be not in a positive view and then i mean if you compare maryland's football team to auburn's football team and well <laughs> not, yeah like comparable and do you I have mean, any professor that, that you might want to shout out um there are some but at the same point in time i probably don't remember i don't think i remember that so right do now. you think do you think maybe going to a smaller school would have been better for you as far as politics goes no i think the, i mean the only reason i went to 
Maryland in the first, or one of the main reasons was just to get closer to DC. So Mm -hmm. I would have the political opportunities that were available to me that wouldn't have been available if I was. Well, and that's, and that's why I'm thinking like, as far as big schools go, I feel like Maryland would be one of the best places for politics just because of its vicinity to DC. And on top of that, according to us news there, the government program at Maryland is better than Georgetown Americans and GW. So, um, which are the uh, for anyone that doesn't know, those are the three other schools that yeah. are very close to DC, and or, we're the only one in that's, DC. that's not fifty thousand if you're in state tuition. <laughs> yeah, baby, <laughs> that cheap in state, you so, gotta love it. So yeah, no, I mean Maryland. I mean, I kind of just sucked it up at the time. I was um, uh, dating a girl lo- or for long distance, so I mean, I didn't really go out to the bars or like, hey, I had a bunch of friends in fraternities like AJ, and I didn't really mm-hmm. take advantage of going to do that scene either. So. Yeah, dude, you should have came by. We would have loved to have you. So, <laughs> you I mean, came over to our place. <laughs> I, yeah, a couple times came through. Um, I mean, yeah, and if you're not really going out. But, I mean, even then, like, I, you know, I had a great time at Maryland. Yeah. But even then, if you're not in either, like, a team or a fraternity, like, dude, you can only go to Bentley's Turf or, or Cornerstone exactly. so yeah. many times yeah. before it's, like, you're tired of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Great memories. And the funny thing is, I actually... I think oh, great I, times. Uh, I, all my times of... Me- all my great memories of me doing things in college that I probably regret or, like, uh, when I was actually at Towson and I came to College Park to visit and went out to, like, Bentley's and things like that. That's one of my best... Uh, I kind of probably abused those bars before I even got to Maryland, so... Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, when you're still getting your feet wet. Yeah. That's when that's because once you know what to expect, you know how to avoid the absolutely ridiculous nights. Correct. Yeah. Fair. But I mean, it was it was overall. I mean, I'm happy it happened. I'm I grew a lot as a person, and I think that's all you can learn a lot about myself. And it's happy. I didn't. When people, uh, I bet you a lot of people didn't think I could get into the University of Maryland, let alone graduate from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got out of high school, and so the fact that I'm doing that is, just think a testament. So. Hell yeah. Well, I will say just before we move on. I thought the University of Maryland was a great fucking time. I got a great education. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah, no, I learned a lot of people who really enjoyed it. I just, yeah, no. as a transfer, it was probably a little bit more... Different uh, strokes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right, Karen, we are almost caught up to the present day. So you graduated from UMD. Yep. And tell us about your life. Yeah. Um, from then until now. Yeah, so I um, went to, in 2018, I took actually a semester off school to um, go work on a political campaign in South Dakota, <laughs> and I uh, joke that, or my, the chief of staff to that old senator was running it, and so he hasn't lost a race in 30 years in the state, so I was thinking, okay, uh, if any time is going to be a year they elect a Democrat, it's going to be in 2018, and with this guy running it, so I went out with him, and I joke, we wore the Scarlet D on our chest, and we got our ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a uh, great learning experience. I'm happy I tried politics outside of the Beltway. Um, instead of uh, berating or like, I, I noticed the partisanship we see in politics now and the divisiveness and how divided we are as a nation. And instead of spending the time to attack these people who voted for Trump, I just want to know, get more of their insight on why they voted for him and what did, what appealed about him. And so it was a really good learning experience for me. And I try to use those things to help inform my opinion. So when I came back to the Beltway, when we're in this little bubble we uh, live in, it kind of helped form my beliefs a little bit better and moderate myself and get to try to see the whole picture of it before. I think that's good too. I think without getting too political here, I think a big thing that this country needs is just more 
um, what's the term, moderatism. Mm-hmm. No. Like people are just way too partisan yep. nowadays. It's it's either it's my way or the highway, and I think that's a that's a, that's a big issue where democracy kind of loses. Hundred um, percent. It's appeal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you can't find the middle ground, right? You know, ninety percent of the time, not even not even in political sense, but in any sort of argument, yeah. the right answer is somewhere in the middle, right? Exactly. So. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's a, I, that's a great learning experience mm-hmm. that you have, and that you're able to take that away from it. Yeah, you know. So I um, so the campaign was great. I was happy. I'm actually going back out there, South Dakota, next week, and I'm going to visit some friends who worked on the campaign. So it was a great experience, and um, I definitely, if anybody's interested in that, I definitely recommend that they go work on a campaign to try to get their feet wet and just dive in. Um, after that, I kind of was like a little burnt out by getting my ass kicked so badly that I went to go work <laughs> at a nonpartisan uh, healthcare nonprofit. And I uh, enjoyed that, and I was kind of thinking uh, that it was, even though I liked everybody I worked with, I was making good money, I was working decent hours, I uh, did not have the passion to go to wake up every morning to uh, enjoy my job. And so I was listening, I got some advice from this woman, she worked on a um, committee in the Senate for 20 years, and she was actually President Obama's uh, top person to implement uh, this, uh, the Affordable Care Act. And she gave me some, or she gave me this advice saying that if you're not happy to wake up to your job every morning or every day to go to your job, then you should quit. Because if you're not happy to put go to work, it's not going to look good for you. It's not going to look good for the organization. At the end of the day, you only have one life to live. So I was, that really resonated with me. And I was kind of thinking about that for like a month and a half. And I was kind of thinking that 20 years from now, I don't want to look back on this uh, moment thinking I was on the sidelines at a nonpartisan nonprofit. So what was the nonprofit called? Uh, the Alliance for Health Policy. Alliance for great, Health Policy. great organization. I think really highly of it. Um, uh, they do a really great job and great work. And I just, um, just kind of knew once I got there, I'm like, yeah, this wasn't exactly a fit. So I got there, I was working there for five and a half months and six months and decided after that. So uh, without diverting too much here, I think that's a big point that you made is that like, you know, a lot of people go their lives without being able to make a risk like that. Yeah. Being able to say, oh, yeah, I don't like my job. I mm-hmm. want to leave and go do something else. Was there uh, something that, you know, kind of made you realize, like, hey, life is too short? I mean, I know, you know, your whole experience yeah. with Corey, I mean, probably gave you a real perspective yeah. on life Definitely. and just how important life is. Definitely. Um, um, what was kind of, what kind of pushed you in that? I honestly, take this risk. Uh, I mean, it's more of a. I, look, I have no problem with uh, Republicans. I uh, I respect them. My uh, my ex works for Fox News, and so I mean, like, I completely <laughs> understand. Connor's giving me some eyes right now, but I mean, uh, I completely understand their beliefs and their values. I just disagree with them, but I think that with the uh, the current. Um, situation of things i just didn't want to be on the sidelines for this moment and so that's kind of what made me think about this looking back at it that um that i want to get involved and uh i think now with the new economy that we're working in it's kind of more common to see people it's not like the you work for one company for 30 years you get your you work hard you're gonna get your pension you're gonna be able to retire and i think that's kind of oh yeah that our parents grew up in is quickly not the case anymore oh yeah man there's and a so, stat i learned in college it's something like People, you know, back in the day, it was something like you said, people are working at jobs for 20, 30 years. Nowadays, um, it's the, the people will work on average three to four years at a company yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty wild yeah. stat, mm-hmm. if you think about it. If you're in the workforce for 40 years, 30 years, whatever, yeah. that adds up to almost like 10 jobs. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Carrie, if, if you could, let's say, let's rewind back to like, so you now, um, what advice do you think you would give to like a 17, 18 year old in high school, high school Carrie that might be thinking about potentially going into politics? <laughs> I mean, when I was seven, I mean, I don't, that's a good question. I mean, I didn't even think when I was 17 that I'd be going into politics. It was kind of my dad just was like, do this. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a tough question, dude. Yeah, I, uh, what the I, fuck? I mean, if tough I had questions to, podcast, babe, <laughs> if I had to, I wouldn't even say for care for Carrie, but just for like people, um, just being willing to learn, um, and just not thinking, uh, your shit don't stink <laughs> in a, in a easy way to put it because not thinking your shit don't stink. Because, come in with no ego. Yeah, come in with no ego. Be a sponge. Be yeah, willing to learn. Exactly. Be willing to learn. Be willing to do anything they need you to do because gotcha. those are the people who go far. Um, especially when you're coming from this area, that's not, um, and not even this area, but just like when you're in DC, when you're in this bubble, you can kind of get to like think you're toot your horn, do all this. And so like maintaining the fact that keep a low profile, not keep a low profile, but just keep your head down. Be just, humble. Exactly. Be humble. Be kind. Be humble and, and earn your achievements. Exactly. So, just that's probably the advice I get. Good answer, good answer. Hey, so uh, on a lighter note, we'll do this with uh, Corey when he comes on. Could you say maybe one nice thing about Corey? Well, we're currently in a fight right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, he did. Pi- I pissed him off this morning. He pissed me off. So oh, what'd you do? Mutual. What'd you do? Backstory. Get I walk told. Him, walk me through that. I uh, I woke up a little bit late uh, this morning, and so we were uh, just a. This is a, twin fights are so. It's a Saturday. Uh, yeah, no, twin fights are. just... What'd you wake up late for? I mean, I was out, I went out last night. So. Well, no, but I mean, what were you late waking up oh, for? Oh, see, that's the thing. Corey wanted to go to the gym and leave for the gym by eleven forty. Uh, he wanted to leave by 11 or 11 11 30 and i said i said if you can wait till 11 40 i'd really appreciate it because i need to get, <laughs> get some wheaties in my system <laughs> and then uh, little champions some, yeah, i, was, I, I assume you said that the morning of and not like the night yeah this before. was no, yeah <laughs> this was at 11 29 yeah. uh, well no i told him last night <laughs> 10 more I, minutes I, I, I told him 11 so so the fact that uh, last night so he, i didn't we didn't end up getting out of the door until 11 42 no. And so, yeah, no, but I mean, if I had to say some nice things about Corey, he is very, um, very kind and he's very, uh, in a good way. He's very blunt. Like he's not going to, um, sugarcoat any feelings and he's just kind of going to give you the hard, honest truth. But he's one of the, he's a great friend to all of his friends. Um, he's gone through a lot. I mean, he's looked at, he looked at cancer straight in the face twice and said, not, beat it. not yeah, today, not today. Um, so no, nah, that's a that's a great point, dude. Carrie is not, or I'm, Jesus, Corey is <laughs> an idiot. I know, dude. I, it's just Corey is not one to bullshit you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he just uh, not like in yeah. a bad way. Yeah. It's just like I think you know, a lot of it has to do with like how he was brought up, and not like the. I mean, the, one of the values our parents raised us with. But I mean, like when you have like I said, cancer twice, fifteen different surgeries. Um, he has a eight, 12 inch metal rod in his back. Jesus. Um, he's broken a lot of bones because of the chemotherapy. Like he's been like hardened as a result of yeah, like, the experience. So like he's, um, like he's very driven and he's, um, he, yeah, he's a good friend. Hey, clink for Corey. He's <laughs> got a clink here. Uh, yeah. With my water. So yeah. we're October. There we go. 
All right, now that you mention it, I didn't have to bring it up. What's up with Sober October, Carrie? Um, so I actually, I'm big at, thank you for again for inviting me on this podcast. I, uh, no I'm problem, big, it's been great big, so far. I, like, Fun, right? You're having a good time? Yeah, I'm having a good time. You're finally once, come to the present. You know, once you get up to the butterflies and the, <laughs> at first you kind of get past that, it's all good. It's a little intimidating um, with all the headsets and exactly. the Exactly. I came and think, what the hell are they got going on here? But um, Okay, we look fresh as fuck and professional. <laughs> It's a great setup they have, but no, I uh, big podcast fan myself, and I listen to a lot of them. And uh, mm. obviously, I'm big on the Joe Rogan experience. Five out of five stars, two thousand or twenty thousand ratings. I don't know. He's like one of the best rated podcasts. On. He's like one of the most listened to podcasts. Yeah. What a, in what the a ta- world. What a talented interviewer. Uh, right? He he's honestly he should be doing moderating the presidential debates. But, I, I saw that. Uh, I saw that he petition. Should, he should be. Um, I'm a big fan of him. And that would be fucking wild. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. His whole career, just how nuts it is. Like he went from growing up as a, a poor family to a comic, a comedian, to I remember him growing up as the Fear Factor host. And so, oh yeah, yeah back when he had hair. So he did that. He's a great jujitsu um, artist. So hey, now, President Trump, what are your thoughts on Khabib not being able to get his green card? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to hit the UFC commentator on all the UFC fights, and now he also has, like, the most listened to podcast. So, like, but, yeah, no, I have big into his podcast recently, and I watched uh, or listened to his Sober October last year. So I was thinking, like, all right, shit, going to give this a try and kind of enjoyed it thus far. I mean, I don't, I'm not as clean, like, as cleansed as they made it out to seem like, but been exercising a lot and not been. Well, okay, and I will say that, I mean, for the most part, I mean, in the past, what, year and a half, you've been – on a on a health yeah about a year, actually kick a little, adventure a little bit after a year drive now. I don't know what yeah you no, no no I um so after when I joke when I was on the political campaign you kind of you kind of let your well with that working like sixty hours a week and doing school you kind of let your body like go to shit understandably so and so I um got down I was at like just drinking I wouldn't say I don't smoke anymore so I have no problem saying about smoking a lot and I. Uh, my diet was, I joke, it was McDonald's, iced coffee, and chewing tobacco to keep me, keep me going. And so, like, after the, after the campaign. The essentials. Was, yeah, the essentials. Definitely the, the chew. fucking essentials. <laughs> definitely the chew. Um, but uh, after the campaign was done, you're going from going all the time and all the time and all the time to having a lot of free time. And right. kind of stopping. And so I, um, and I had a lot more time to kill. And so I was just thinking, like, all right. Like, I kind of looked at myself in the mirror one day. I was just like, all right, I need to not happy with the way I'm looking. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to kind of. And that's also, like, I feel like a lot of people in college or once I get out of college, they kind of go through this time of just, like, you're leaving college. Like, not like a depression, but just like a you're in a funk and you kind of just. Well, need it's a, a big transitional a, phase. It's a which, huge transitional phase. Yeah. And so um, going through that next stage, I was like, I wanted to make sure I set in good habits of uh for my life will make the next step so like whether it's making my bed every morning that's something i pride myself on doing now <laughs> do you do that yes i do that's uh, okay I, that's a yeah. huge um admiral mcraven make your bed every morning yes I'm big, yes I'm big yes shout guy. out yeah, yeah. Um, no it is true man you make your bed you've already achieved something in the first two minutes of, it, of ex- being awake exactly um so there's that and then like exercising has just been something i was at like 140 pounds after the election and i was just like i like couldn't even fit in my clothes because i was so fucking skinny and what are you at now <laughs> tell the tell the listeners let them watch 
207 this morning. <laughs> Big boy. <laughs> Holy Yo, shit. Can, we, uh, can we do a Transformation Tuesday picture? Like, could you get us, like, a picture of you and then, I, like, I'm, back and I, then a picture of you now? I might be able to. I, there was actually a picture on the campaign trail of me wearing the same shirt that I was wearing a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, let's fucking oh, go. Oh, we'd love yeah. some campaign trail photos. We want to gas up. Uh, no, I was like, history. I was like, I was like, my face, I look like a goddamn bobblehead because my head's so big and my body's just so small. <laughs> no, I will say, man, like the, the fact that you've able to, in, in just a, I mean, how long has it been? What, 14 L- months? Literally, maybe? No, 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 like literally a year. Yeah. Like I started working out after, I want to say Thanksgiving yeah. of last year. Yeah. So less than so, a year. I yeah. mean, you've just completely transformed yeah. like who you are. And mm-hmm. obviously that comes with a lot of sacrifice. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, we're but, talking to Adamo about it. It's pretty crazy. You have to have a lot of self-motivation. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of like, I, I mean, me, I just have a uh, addictive personality. And so I've known that for like oh, quite a while now. And so once I, uh, I completely quit doing drugs uh, like five, six months ago. I mean, I've stopped hard drugs for a while, but I quit smoking weed. Um, right. And uh, we'll slow you down. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and uh, all the other stuff. And so I kind of just wanted to pick up some good habits to make sure I set my life um, for the next, for the next steps. And so I kind of just like, once I started working out, like after the first month and I got after the routine, like I just kind of just dived in. And I was working like, out's addictive. Man. Exactly, dude. And it's like the good, and, the, and then I'll start running. I, st- I, I, yeah, I'm not a big runner at all. I used hey, you to should do the Spartan runner. race with me and Adama. How many miles? Just a 5k. Okay. 20 obstacles. 20 obstacles. I'm not sure about that. I'm so I actually. All right, look, if Connor can do it, you can do it. Bro. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say. I was no uh, offense, Connor. I was <laughs> all right, surgery knee. <laughs> I was gonna joke that I said, Hey, my, shut up. <laughs> I sent my uh, I, I they all my friends were talking about how stiff I am because like they just joke about how stiff I, is, stiff I am. And I sent my friend to the hospital two weeks ago because I messed what? up his arm. Yeah. <laughs> what? His arm was completely dislocated and it was out of his leg. How did you do side. that? Because he wanted to wrestle. McGee, oh, by the way, shout out McGee also for getting those health, Shwady McGee. Uh, shout out Shwady. Uh, Shwady's uh, lost a bunch of weight as a result of uh, his fitness uh, goals. He's lost over 50 pounds. So, you know, nice. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shwady, Shwady, we joke that we're going to meet at 240 and we're going we're gonna to fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'd pay a lot of Money to watch I think I got, I got the motivation for that because uh, what you, you said that with Ali and was it Drew? Drew's also gotten like him. Yeah, like him. Drew was, and Ali are gonna fight. Hey, break, basement brawl. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? Maybe we branch this podcast into a uh, MMA fight yeah. and we have uh, <laughs> the basement brawl boys. Um, yeah, no. Legum was saying something like he would get up to like two twenty or something if Ali got down to two twenty or some stupid <laughs> shit. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, but Ali's also like another guy to show like how like fitness can like completely change. Like in what less than a year, he's also lost like a lot of weight. And, oh yeah, uh, he's looking. Ali's really in good Ali's in great shape mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Athletic motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, I think the big key to this all is that like the diet. Like it's like you, this is the first time I've actually noticed difference because the diet. I've actually been trying to eat clean and. It makes such a big difference. I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, or just what your input is. My, I, I definitely, obviously, you can't out train a bad diet. Yeah. But I think that out diet a bad train. N- no, I also don't think that. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that you can just you can just get really. Uh, disciplined with your diet regimen and then yeah. expect to get in good shape. Like you have to be going to the gym. And even if, um, you know, if you're not in great shape, if you just start going to the gym, you don't even have to make that drastic of a diet change. Yeah. If you're going to the gym and have a decent workout routine yeah. and keep consistent to it, 
you will get in much better shape and oh, you will naturally, your diet will shift just yeah. because you don't want to affect those gains that you've made. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying like, I'm like a patron saint and like, don't eat bad. But oh yeah. At the same point in time, like you said, like I kind of try to, I'm like conscious of like what I'm eating to eat less. Oh bad. yeah. No. Well, yeah. And, and so, and so where you're at now, I mean, obviously you're putting up hella weight in the gym. Now yeah. it's like for you, the big push is diet. Yeah, exactly. Like now that you're in shape, you're looking good. Like you want to start getting fucking ripped, yeah. dude. Hit that diet, <laughs> you know. But I think for a lot of people, the big first step is just get in the Getting gym in and stay in the gym yeah. for four days a week. Yeah, but that also kind of gets to like something we were talking about off the mic is uh, when people, a lot of people we were talking to are trying to figure out what they want to do in their life and like their next steps. And I feel like a lot of it just you got to dive in, like whether it's you just got to commit. Like even if it's not like a even if it's not what exactly what you want to do, but it might be something that like helps get your feet wet or helps get your foot in the door mm-hmm. to another opportunity. Like you just got to see or to even see if like this will be something that you will like just by doing it and like starting it up and starting the commitment process. Like that's going to help oh, you yeah. figure out how to get there. Oh yeah. And especially, I mean, especially working out, it's like once you do it, you know, once you go one day, all right, you've made progress. You don't want to lose that progress. Yeah. So go another day. Oh, now I'm two days in. Next thing you know, you're three weeks in well, if I want to, if I stop going, then I'm going to lose these three weeks of work. Why did I put in these three weeks of work? Yeah. Same thing with exactly. uh, something like you try a job out, even if it's a temporary job. You know, once you're working there for a couple of weeks, it gets a lot harder to just stop working because yeah. you're like, well, I've learned all these things. Maybe I can learn some more. Yeah. Why would I just stop what I've gained so far and mm-hmm. lose it all? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, no, and is I, that you just need to do it exactly. And I think like as a result of starting out in the gym, like one, like I feel like shit when I don't go now. It's not like a oh I need yes. that motivation to go. It's like I like I, I'm not feel like I'm having a productive day unless I go. So there's that, but it kind of like helps pair what you're trying to do with your life. Um, to like by going to the gym, like it teaches that like that sense of like not motivation but um, habits and things like that that will help you. When you're like when you're in your professional workforce and healthy body, point. healthy mind, you forget how important exactly. how, you forget that they're connected. You forget how important exactly. it is. Like, it keeps you disciplined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. He says like it's time. really important to move your body. It's important to get good exercise. Exactly. I mean, you feel better and you feel more motivated to do yeah. other things that are important to the your endorphins. Everyday life. The endorphins I get from running like long distances are kind of just like literally like a natural high that I get. Like this only. Like, I, I was going to touch on that, but it's uh, uh, working out is actually one of like it's it's healthy, but it's actually actually it's mentally addictive yeah. it's you literally release endorphins that your brain is like oh let me get some mm-hmm. more of that shit <laughs> um, my brain is, it sounds exactly like that to me no it's true <laughs> and 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 um connor what you were saying is just like once once you get in there you naturally you want to keep going and you get more your your body is more energized so in, sure maybe it takes an hour two hours out of your day mm-hmm. but it gives you more energy for the rest of the hours you have. Yeah. So like when I'm not working out, you know, I get home from work, I'm lazy. Sure. I've got, you know, five hours before I got to go to bed, Yeah. but I'm running on 30% battery Yeah. and 30% battery for five hours is, you know, I'm not doing too much. That's why it's tough. I take two hours, go to the gym. I really only have three hours left of free time, but I'm running on like 80% now. I've got way more energy. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. naturally. That's why I haven't tried this yet, but I got to really respect the people who go to the gym before they work, go to work, wake up at like five in the morning and hit them. I'm I not envy sure. those people. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've tried, I've done, I've tried that. 
it, I actually am still really tired yeah. at work. <laughs> I also don't drink coffee, so maybe that's part of it. Okay, but. gotcha. Okay, Connor doesn't drink coffee. Do you drink coffee? I used to. You don't, though. I, I, that's one of the things. It was, what, wasn't when it was... What uh, the fuck is going on? When I went on this uh, exercise thing, it wasn't just the exercise thing. It was kind of like a life. Like, a, like I quit chewing tobacco. I quit smoking weed. I quit... Um, oh, so you went like cold turkey coffee, on all the things. Try to, I mean, like try as best as I can. And so like I still have coffee every once in a while, but not like too often. That's fucking awesome, yeah. man. I like. I basically need to drink a cup of coffee if I want to have a productive day. No, I mean, I, I don't like. I don't have to have it. Yeah, but it obviously greatly helps. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see the energy and the, the pick me up, and I see how it, I see how it all works. But I just think, uh, yeah, we can edit this part out. <laughs> no, no, I think it's a great point. I, I, I first, I'm just fucking, I'm astounded at the fact that, like, I'm the only person in the basement that drinks coffee right now. Fuck you guys, no, bro. I, mean, I drink coffee, I, it's not on a consistent I, basis. I feel like I'm that one dude back in the 80s who didn't rip cigs, you know what I mean? I'm like that fucking guy that's like, nah, dude, I don't, it's bad for your lungs, I think. Like, I don't really know, because no one knew uh, back then. Dude, I wish I ripped cigs, man. It looks so fun. <laughs> well, it's a big thing, Dude, too. after watching all these American Horror Stories and... Oh, my God. They crush it. Do you watch American Horror Story? Uh, no. Dude, they rip Fucking cigs. Narcos. Oh, you know, um, Narcos. Netflix actually made a statement saying that, like, all their shows from now on, unless it's a historical piece, they, yeah. like, won't have people smoking cigarettes. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah, because of shit. Any show. Well, okay. I mean, they'll st- obviously they're, they'll have someone smoking a cigarette here and there, but like you know, American Horror Story for anyone who hasn't seen it. I mean, some of the characters it takes place uh, like that. Was the season I just watched Hotel that was twenty fifteen? Some yeah, some yeah. Anyway, Something like the like all of the main characters are routinely crushing a cigarette in in any scene they're in. They probably have a cigarette in their mouth, uh, and they're all so hot and it looks dope, dude. <laughs> yeah, and they're just they're do you just think that's do you them. think that's played a big influence on why people are smoking cigs though? I mean, nowadays or like, I mean, okay, look, I think it makes me want to smoke a cig. I'm not going to act on it, but I have self-control. Yeah. I don't know. They also kind of taste gross, but like, I mean, (laughs) but I mean, no, uh, dude, when you. Not American spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Now American spirits. (laughs) No, but when you, when you see that shit on TV and it's like, oh, this is Lady Gaga. She's hot and famous and. In this show, she's fucking killing it right now. Yeah. She's ripping cigs. Why am I not ripping cigs? What am I she's doing? She's drinking wrong? blood and ripping cigs. Why am I not a vampire? Spoiler alert. Huh? <laughs> oh fuck. Whatever. Uh, it's no, but so Netflix uh, made a statement like basically because they got a whole bunch of flack for it, hmm. uh, which Just I think for all of their shows across the board. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh. Uh, I mean, Stranger Things is obviously something that had one, but that's a thing where they would keep cigarettes in because it was. Back in the 80s where people crushed cigs. Yeah. Well, that's what you mean by a historical thing. Yeah. Okay. So, but like when they're making new stuff, they're not just going to have people absolutely abusing cigarettes, yeah. which I think is good, honestly, especially with all the shit that's going on now with yeah. people like dying of ripping jewels yeah. and shit. Like, well, I was going to ask you, I saw that they uh, they banned mango pods. I'm not a big jewel guy, but I was wondering like, what are your thoughts on uh I, the pots. I they should have done that. I mean, that should have been done. Why the mango pots specifically? Yeah, why mango specifically? Mango. Well, they they banned the fruit flavored ones um, from sale. It, right now, all you can buy in store is mint, menthol, and tobacco. Okay. They banned the fruit flavored ones because they knew that like all the high school kids and the middle schoolers that are ripping oh. them are more attracted to the fruit flavored ones. Gotcha. Now, 
Well, dude, so my, my mom works at Atlanta Middle School, yeah. and they had a big jewel problem, like, a few years ago, just because, it, I mean, it was kind of, it was just becoming a, this big phenomenon, and uh, yeah. everyone's, no one, none of the teachers really knew what it was, they didn't know how to identify it, the kids would just go to the bathroom and rip jewel. Middle schoolers. Huh. It's the biggest public health crisis since AIDS. Are you Prove being serious? No, I mean, uh, I don't know. But it, it, it is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Everybody no, it's, it's, a, it's a huge public health crisis. The way, I mean, the way that James fiends for jewels. <laughs> and, like, I don't want to put James on the spot because I know we've already roasted him a lot. But, damn, like, the guy just, like, I need my jewel. I need my jewel. I need my jewel. I mean. Uh, to be fair, I guess we should, also, we should also talk about Joseph. He also fiends for the jewel. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the fact that, uh, that I forget what the exact percentage was, but, you know, the whole anti-smoking campaign, yeah. like the where the generation that'll make smoking stop, mm-hmm. it was down to like 7% of teenagers smoked. Oh, wow. Like, which was, which is really, yeah, really yeah. low. Yeah. Uh, like, all time low. And then Jules came back on scene and it just completely skyrocketed, skyrocketed back. And and because they thought there weren't these negative health effects and all that and now they're finding out that there is um but it's it's a big public health issue yeah i mean when you suck on that thing all day it's something's gonna happen yeah. right well that's the issue bro it's like sure it's it's definitely healthier than a cigarette yeah but if you're thinking that one jewel pod has the same amount of nicotine as a pack of cigs and you got kids going through more than one you, a day. Right, right. And, and, and kids aren't smoking it like cigarettes. You're smoking it way more frequently yeah. because it's way cleaner than a cigarette. But you, you said something to begin the conversation. I never smoked jewels. I know they're addictive as hell. But um, what I was going to ask you was you said you should ban them. To, you made a reference to like how you should ban them to begin with. Are you talking about just the fruit-flavored pods or are you talking about all these pods? Cause... Yeah, well, okay. And, I mean, obviously, like, to begin with, you can't. You can't do much. I, I'm just, I'm in the camp that there's a lot of people who are like, yo, why are you banning these pods? It's like, well, look at how many people are absolutely abusing this. Yeah. Like, sure, if you could just, if you could use a jewel as a smoking cessation device and actually help you get off cigarettes, that's great. That's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. That's kind of what Mr. and Mrs. Taylor use it. Like, they actually oh, yeah. get the tobacco pods, and that's kind of how they, they don't smoke cigs anymore, correct? I mean, no, they'll, 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 they'll still rip a cig or two, but I mean, but yes, no, they're using it how it's supposed to be used. Yeah. I mean, they, they were like James' parents, they were both, you know, very addicted to cigarettes and they have jewels now and they don't rip it yeah. as much yeah, no, and they he, rip it like a normal fucking smoking cessation device. Yeah. Now, the thing is people are buying jewels having never smoked a cigarette once in their life. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Like exactly. middle schoolers. And, and, and the, I'm pretty sure the FDA went to Jewel and was like, yo, can you prove to us that this is helping people quit smoking? Yeah. And they can't. Yeah. They can't. I mean, it, sure, people stop smoking cigarettes, but they're just smoking jewels. It's not like people are buying jewels, smoking it for a little bit, getting rid of them. Yeah. No. It's, it's, they're using it consistently. And that's where it's like, I, I don't know enough about the science behind this, but how he- much healthier for this is it than a cigarette? Because I know obviously cigarettes are terrible for you, but at the same point in time, like people are trying to die from... These jewels. It's uh, it's way better than a cigarette. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, so one jewel pod is a pack of six. So uh, when you go and buy a four pack in terms of, jewel of the nicotine, pods, in terms of yeah, nicotine, yeah. in terms of the in terms of the nicotine buzz. Yeah. So if I want a cigarette's worth of nicotine buzz, yeah. That's fuck. I don't know how many cigs are in a pack of cigs. Twenty. Yeah. And there's two hundred puffs in a jewel pod. So let's say ten puffs of a jewel pod is yeah. a cigarette. I guess. 
I'm pretty sure this is checking out. Mm-hmm. People aren't just sitting there being like, oh, let me take like 10 quick puffs of this jewel pod. Like people are like, I'm going to rip half of this yeah. thing right now because <laughs> I have a bunch it's of all, pots. It's all relative. Like it's probably better for like me to punch you in the face than AJ. Yeah. But if I punched you in the face a hundred times and AJ only punched you in the face once, I'd probably do more damage. Yeah. That is an excellent example. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like that's what it is. It's that sure. It's better. It's cleaner, yeah. but people are abusing it because it doesn't smell. You can rip it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. It tastes like fruit or like mint. The convenience is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I yep. mean, it's like, Oh, Hey, this thing's sitting, sitting in my pocket. I'm sitting at my desk at work. It doesn't matter. No mm-hmm. one's going to tell that I just ripped this jewel. Yeah. So people just rip it indiscriminately. Yeah. No, I've seen people like walk down the hallways of their offices, just like ripping jewels. Like it's no big deal. Oh dude. I remember I took like a 15 minute cab ride through uh, New York city once and the amount of people I saw crushing jewels was <laughs> off the chains. Oh, it's probably so expensive there too. Oh yeah, it's like twenty. Because what, what's it here? What's it here? Like twenty? Twenty ish? Sixteen for four? When I was in Cumberland, it was sixteen for four. Here it's like twenty one ish for four in, in New York. I don't even know. New York, it's like twenty five. Yeah. It's just crazy. Me. The, me. the amount of times I've heard them within the last two years of, "Hey, can I hit your jewel? Hey, can I hit your jewel?" It's probably I probably had a penny for every time i heard that well and so that's another thing too that's another thing too right is like you don't see people being like hey let me bum a sig hey let me bum a sig that is a i that's a very good point because you don't just carry a lit cigarette in your pocket for someone to be like hey let me take a hit from that jewel you can just here you go man yeah locked and loaded yeah no that's a very good point it's very interesting one thing i did notice too when i was in uh, europe i was in italy last summer Sigs are still so Cigs prominent. Oh, it's yeah. like guys, get with the times. Get addicted to the e-cigs now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went. I went out of the country this past summer, and yeah, everybody. Dude, was I saw. Cigs. I saw four people fucking total with either like a vape or a jewel. I saw one dude with a jewel. The rest of them had like those <laughs> vape box things. Were you gonna ask for it? No, <laughs> I just I just noticed it. Like these people yeah. and everyone else was just murdering cigarettes. Yeah. Murdering them. Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about the effect that cigarettes have had on our country. Not alone, like, just health, but just... I remember one person who biked across the United States, and the first thing he was asked, what's the one thing that stood out to you when you when you completed the ride? He said, cigarette buds. And when you look at the side of the road, it's like, these things are covered in cigarettes. Oh, I bet. Like, well, because it's, it's... a big environmental issue. Yeah. Oh, I bet, dude. I mean, Cotton jewel products. pods now. Jewel pods are probably a huge environmental issue. True. Because people don't recycle those. Landfill. All of them. Directly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, if you think about it, it's like coffee. Yeah. It's as addictive as coffee. Oh, definitely. And it's, you know, it wakes you up. People drink it every day. But see, the thing about coffee is you're drinking it. You know, it's not great. It, it increases your blood pressure, increases your heart rate. Mm-hmm. Similar effects. Um, but coffee, you're just drinking. You're not inhaling yeah. some type of smoke or other inhalant mm-hmm. that could potentially affect your lungs as well. Mm-hmm. This is mostly just pulmonary. Yeah. Dude, Jewel is definitely kind of the first thing I ever got. I don't really have an addictive personality. And yeah. Jewel is the first thing where I was like, whoa. Like, I said I wasn't going to do it. And then I bought another. And then I said I wasn't going to do it again. And then I bought another. Yeah. It was kind of the first real wake-up call like wow this is how addictive nicotine is and i'm not getting anywhere close to that dude what's scary too is that like connor and like i've seen people with like connor is like someone who had a jewel that ripped it the least that i ever saw oh interesting and like 
even he was like, dude, I'm ripping this too much. Well, I, well, I do have to say, so I actually have tried in order to quit my vice of dipping, which I've had for, unfortunately, since senior year of high school. So, How are you doing on that, by the way? Pretty good. I haven't dipped in like three, four months now, I want to say. Fuck yeah, dude. Like that. Something oh yeah, like congrats. That. Don't quote me. I might be it might be two, but I no, think I it's mean, like still, two or three. It's impressive. Yeah, something like that. But uh, I have bought these like Zin pouches, which are like these um mm, it's like yeah. nicot- it's like <laughs> nicotine <laughs> salts. Uh, yeah. It's kinda like what I've heard is like the equivalent of like jeweling for dip. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, No, I've seen those. Yeah. Kinda like I'm probably gonna go to the gas station on the way home today to go get those. Do they give you a buzz? <laughs> yeah, no, it gets me buzzing more probably than I have like with dip over the last three okay. four years. Yeah. Well there you go. So I mean I, uh, one of my buddies who I, you know, I don't want to expose him on this, but you know, he's, uh, one of my biggest nicotine fiend friends and, uh, he, you know, had him and he was like, dude, these are, these are nothing. I feel nothing in yeah. my mouth. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just, just rip your jewels. Do you get off. the point three or do you get the point six? Shit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. And then on top of that, like I don't get anything on the lower, it's the upper that I have to put it in, but we can edit this part out because nobody needs to know where I put my Zin <laughs> pouches in my mouth. So. Hey, you know, it's good for the people to know. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, um, jewels are pretty fucked. I actually, I don't know if I, t- I mean, I don't know if I've seen you. No, I have. I, I quit drooling. Yeah. Uh, yeah never, didn't yeah. you have like a little health scare as a result of this? Yeah, yeah. bro. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had, um, so I quit drooling. I don't Dude, know. Dude, I went to London for now. two weeks, came back and shit changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor comes back from London. And AJ I, pissed and me off. He's like, "Yo, <laughs> I have to." I, I'm like, Connor, I gotta get a knee surgery. I've been seeing like a pulmonologist, a cardiologist. I was in the ER. Damn, um, I leave for like 14 days, or no, I left for a week. Yeah, you were gone for six days. I think <laughs> some shit like I mean, that. I wasn't even two weeks. Yeah, no, I I quit jeweling and um, I was uh, like, couple. I guess like the next week or whatever, I was having these chest pains. Un- undescribable chest pains, pressure, all this stuff. My blood pressure was through the roof. Yeah. Uh, I ended up going to the ER one day because I'd had chest pains for four days in a row and my blood pressure was like 160 mm-hmm. over something, which they usually say if you're over 130, that's yeah. like out, that's like high. Yeah. Um, so my mom was like, you're going to the ER. Yeah. This is like, this is stereotypical heart attack. Turns out I'm fine. I mean, I had my lungs scanned. I had my heart scanned. Everything's good. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone at work. She was saying that that's probably just nicotine withdrawals. Apparently, you get these these weird random pains. Oh, okay. Did you quit or uh, jeweling before this happened, or was this like after? It was when you quit. I quit before this happened. Okay. Before these chest pains. So gotcha. I saw all these articles coming out. And I was like, I need to stop. Yeah. And then like six days later, I'm getting these chest pains, and I was like. Yo, what the fuck? I stopped though. Like, <laughs> uh, ter- and uh, just for anyone that cares, I'm fine. Yeah. I got cleared by my pulmonologist and my cardiologist. But dude, the big, the biggest thing, like, where it's emphasized the most is like, let's say an eight-hour car drive back from South Carolina. The amount yeah. of time you rip the jewel when you have oh, nothing else yeah. to do, it's like, holy shit, yeah. we've we're ripping this every like minute. I, yeah, I can relate to you in so many different ways. It was bad, dude. Just dipping on these car rides across. Oh yeah, the lake, I, I, and then, exactly. It's like. This- you you go to the cardiologist. I thought I'm, I had thought I had a uh, mouth cancer scare for a second. And I was oh, just like, no, not what you yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, yeah, I need to, you know, I, life's too short. Got to make sure. Exactly, dude. It's like at some point, it, well, and the thing that was really kind of scary was before I had went and actually quit, there was like once or maybe twice before that I was like, yo, I should stop. Yeah. Like I'm going to get rid of this, all this stuff. I didn't actually want to quit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't actually have that drive. Now, when I actually went and quit, 
I was like, all right, that's it. Like I'm going cold Turkey. Like people are straight up dying from this vape shit. Yeah. The next thing you know, I get these chest pains and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought I was one of those collapsed lung people. No, yeah. You, I, you were almost a statistic. Dude. Yeah. Um, but I mean, AJ, do you feel now like I for sure will accept the jewel and rip it if someone offers it to me, but I'm never buying another one. No. No, yeah. never again. I mean, yeah, and if I'm, like, fucked up and someone's ripping a jewel and they're like, yo, you want to hit? I'm a weak man. I would honestly I'm a think weak, I've, weak man. I have told myself that exact same thing as well. I can, if someone offers me a lip, I will take one, but I cannot buy it. I'll take one. I like the buzz, exactly. but I'm not going to do I it by myself. Right. And, I mean, and I think, I think that's, obviously, it's not as good as not ever doing it, yeah. but that's, it's, compared to what I was doing, that's harmless. Now, right, like, exactly. You know, at some point, I need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's impressive that up to this point, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I haven't realized. Like, at this point, like, I don't ever feel like I need to buy a yeah. jewel again. I don't want to be sitting there ripping a jewel. Yeah. I think that uh, this, this as we talked about the transition to our life, or stages we're in with our life right now, the whole growth thing is just huge. It's essential. If you're not going forward at this part and you're kind of just oh, stagnant, yeah. it's kind of, mm-hmm. you need to be going forward. And it doesn't even have to be professionally. It's just like different various aspects of life. Like Anything, yeah. Trying if to you're read not improving. more for me. That was a big thing for AJ and I doing this podcast. Yeah. We're like, man, like, I mean, we hang out a lot. Obviously, we're like super good friends, but hey, let's like, let's try and do something different and actually, I don't know, maybe do something tangible. Yeah. You're like, hey man, let's fucking, let's start a podcast. And it's been dynamite fun so far, at least for me. Yeah, we're also, we're both we're both pretty creative guys and we were like, yo, I mean, we both are driven enough to be able to actually put together and execute something like this. So why not do it? And then, you know, we got a couple episodes in and me and Connor were like, dude, let's just pull trig on some equipment (laughs) and actually hold ourselves accountable. Dude. I mean, it's fun, but like, it's for sure work. Like it takes over an hour to edit at each episode and that's and that's if you're if if you're dialed in that dude i mean if it takes less than an hour to edit an episode you've made maybe one edit yeah you've cut out maybe half a second of it like i mean this episode right now we're at an hour and a half are we really yeah (laughs) i mean well i mean not not all the way but close enough like this this will take us a while to edit you know what i mean um so and it's just it's you know, it's not even necessarily that we're achieving too much, mm-hmm. but it's something we're yeah. improving. You know, yeah. we're doing something productive. Yeah, and learning good communication skills and things that you can translate to real world settings. I think it's definitely beneficial. One question that you were ta- we were talking about before this that I wanted to hit on is the social media stuff. Like, oh yeah, like uh, it's it, Instagram. Con- or just well, Connor was talking about how Instagram's getting rid of likes, uh, which I have kind of just wanted to hear. <laughs> it's funny. I'm the being the, I'm being the one being interviewed, and I want to ask you Dude, guys questions. Hey, but, feel free, yeah, feel free. But there's that, but just like the effect that like social media has had on our uh, society now. I mean, or just like even the internet in general. Like social media is a wild, wild beast when you think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's, it's so. I kind of it kind of makes me think of Bo Burnham that question. So Bo Burnham has an interesting stand-up where he essentially says like art is dead because all of us are on social media constantly performing for each other. Yeah. It kind of used to be you had to prove yourself. Um, it was a bit of more of an exclusive um, platform yeah. where you had to prove yourself and go through the the knocks and the punches uh, to be able to have people listen to all the content that you've created. Whereas now. Um, we're all performing for each other. We all have access to all of these Instagram, Facebook, Twitter platforms. And it's, it's, 
it's pretty it's pretty freaking wild. And to go back, we kind of touched on this uh, with Adam's podcast about the likes thing. I don't know. We, I, we we don't have to get into it, but it's the debate about whether over kind of the mental health impact that social media has and and likes and um, what's the word when you like when when you get what's the word I'm looking for? You get likes. You get uh, not credibility. Um, Status. Uh, like- like self, um, like approval, yeah. like yeah, self satisfaction. Yeah. yeah, approval. Um, whereas, and and uh, I mean, I kind of props to Instagram and some of these other social media uh, platforms who are trying to address that issue. Yeah. At the same time, let's use Adama as an example. He's trying to kind of he's trying to jumpstart his modeling uh, mm-hmm. career. Social media is, is an extremely important tool for him to get his content out there, to get people to follow him, 100%. to realize how many likes he's getting, what's working, what's not. AJ, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, likes on Instagram are a metric to judge, I mean, to, to solely judge how much influence you have on your market. Mm-hmm. And it's... Confirmation, I think, is the word I was looking for. Confirmation, yeah. that's... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um it, the reason it's not good on mental health is because if it's you or me or Connor using social media just to post about, you know, wh- like just my personal account, right? Yeah. That's, I'm posting that to share with my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to necessarily market myself. Yeah. A, I mean, apart from the like, maybe the, like the girl I just talked to and met, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm trying to market myself to her. Sure. Hopefully I got some good pictures up there and she likes what she sees. Maybe she wants to talk to me again. (laughs) Sure. But that's not fingers crossed. Right. (laughs) I mean, probably not, but like, I'm not trying to go out there and market something. Right. And the way that Instagram makes it is these likes is you're essentially marketing yourself as a product. And these likes are a metric that Mm. judges how successful, how much market penetration how much do people you have. value your product? Yeah. Right. I mean, let's, I mean, if you, if you break it down to strictly business terms, right? The amount of people that follow you, mm-hmm. let's say you have a hundred followers and you post a picture and 20 people like your picture. Yeah. Assuming you have a private account and other people can't like it that mm-hmm. don't follow you. Right. That means with that picture, you've made 20% market penetration. You've penetrated 20% of your market. They've liked it. Yeah. Maybe you've reached more than that. You've reached maybe 50%, maybe 50 people have seen it yeah. and only 20 have liked it. So sure, you've reached 50% of the market, but only 20% are saying, yes, this is something that I like. This is something that I approve of. I want to continue to see happen. Yeah. So if you're someone like Adama, who's trying to market yourself as a product, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. It's the only way that you really can do it via social media. Yeah. But if you're a person, you got in feelings and emotions. And if you're a person, yeah. and it's like, wait, so only twenty people like this, even yeah. though a hundred people follow me. Like, so like, what? So those people don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. So only twenty percent of the people that follow me like me. It's like, no, yeah. not necessarily. But that's where you get into the weird gray little, area. Yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. I think is just we benefited on the fact that social media other than Facebook pretty much got started late into our high school where we're kind of past that stage already of like how this could I didn't really have an Instagram until college yeah I was gonna say I didn't I think I got mine like senior going into like college or going into college was like second semester senior year but like Snapchat I didn't have until I was in college and like we kind of were after that phase but uh I could definitely see how this would affect people 
middle school, early high school, and how mm-hmm. people oh, have grown man. up with it and haven't oh, known yeah. anything else. Exactly, and how like this affects like their like development like cognitively, yeah. and how this affects them. I mean, the, another thing is just how the social or social media kind of portrays or paints this picture of how your life is actually uh, going and like how like you're like posing at like beaches and like all this shit. And it's like, no, like a lot of it, like we're just chilling in a basement right now. <laughs> like I, I really, most of the time. I really think kind of like, I also think personal finance should be a requirement among public schools. I really oh, think definitely. Be, especially now <laughs> social media navigation I think oh, is yeah. important. So many people have gotten themselves in trouble that is, with the content they posted on yeah. social media. I know people who haven't gotten jobs as a result of that. Yeah. Um, and and you're, you're in middle school. You have access to all of these really dangerous platforms that will be around forever. Yeah. It's like you need – I really do think public schools should have classes that, oh, that uh, address that issue. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just uh, – it's a big thing of publicizing everyone's private life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And – and if you're someone who doesn't believe in publicizing your private life, you're almost in the minority. Yeah. Like everyone is out here sharing what they're doing, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whether they're tweeting their opinions, whether they're sharing on their snap story, what they're doing that mm-hmm. very day that will only be there for a day. Yeah. Like it's so crazy that if you think even back 30 years ago, none of that was around. Mm-hmm. You only the the only way you heard about what other people were doing if you didn't talk to them yeah. was from someone else that fucking talked to them yeah. or maybe you read a news article about them because they got that famous yeah, yeah. no you're well she like fucking but and the opposite for the basement boys podcast Instagram account I want to fucking know which episodes people like really enjoy at the same time so there Comment is like, there is an inter- <laughs> an important there, there is a a role for social media to play. No, it definitely serves a function. Yeah. I would not be nearly as connected with a lot of my, uh, like my grandparents and my cousins yeah. and, and mm-hmm. family that live up in Pennsylvania and yeah. like uh, not near here yeah. if it wasn't for Facebook. Oh, definitely. And I mean, I know people make like the middle-aged mom joke about Facebook, but like, dude, shit, that's like actually like when my aunts share pictures of what they're doing, exactly. I'm actually like interested exactly. in what's going on and what they're doing. Definitely. And at the same time, when I update my profile picture, if I don't get as many likes as I was hoping to get, <laughs> I'm a little bit bummed. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm self-conscious, but you know, if I post a picture that I think is worth a certain amount of likes and I don't get that many likes... Well, what the fuck, man? Do well, I need to lose more weight? Nah, I just do I need to start, up now. Do I need to start throwing up after I <laughs> eat? Like, <clears throat> okay, that got dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, my ears are kind of starting yeah, to hurt from this it. headset. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. What time are we at right now? We're at uh, about an hour and a half. I mean, an yeah, hour thirty six. All right, we're we're at one of the one of the longest podcasts yeah. episodes ever. Uh, Carrie, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good, but like my back's starting to hurt. I mean, I can go on question wise, but I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, dude, and hey, we, I mean, we can have you back they call on. Call me stiff we, for a reason. <laughs> we can have you back on for sure, but um, would um, love that. Would love that. But oh I think no, we'll we'll definitely have you back on to get into some real yeah. shit. Yeah, we don't know? even have to talk politics. We don't even have to talk about my journey anymore. Just talk about life and the the problems facing our society. I'd love to. Oh, I'd love to guys dive input. deep. Into yeah, oh, we didn't even talk oh, about our the society env- has many problems. Didn't facing talk about it. the environment, man. We didn't. Yeah, well, we can. I got plenty to say about that. <laughs> don't get Connor but, uh, started on the environment <laughs> right now. Yeah, but for our structure, we said this in uh, our first ever episode. We we're like, for the first t- the first time we interview someone, it's mainly going to be about them. We yeah. got through your. Thank you again yeah, for being no so problem. open my with pleasure. your life. My pleasure. Um, I think, I really think it's super cool to have a podcast that uh, I don't know. It's kind of a platform for all of our. Guests oh. to kind of just talk about themselves and, o- and open up. Definitely. I mean, I know I've learned something new from every single episode we've done. Right, yeah. AJ? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
So Connor didn't know where Ali grew up. I mean, I didn't just know. right there. <laughs> Dude, exactly. That's and like another thing is so um I don't know, like your mom was from Detroit. Yeah, like, no, there's this uh there's a senior White House staffer who everybody loves him and the like he's just known in politics and the reason why is because he doesn't talk about himself, he lets he asks questions about everybody else. And like the reason why is because everybody likes talking about themselves. And so, like, when you get to oh, ask it's them, so like, true. <laughs> like, that's why when I'm sitting down with people, I try to my best to not talk as much and just listen to as much as I can and ask them questions because chances are they're probably going to like me more. So <laughs> It's true, man. That's actually, if you don't take anything away from this podcast, put that people love to talk about themselves, ask people about themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If not to be a better person, to make people like you more, yeah. you selfish fucks yeah. out there. Gain some listening skills as well. <laughs> All right, Carrie. If you wanna, if you wanna gas anyone up or say any last words or talk about anything that you have going on in your life in the immediate no. future, feel free. But what's um, your what's your Instagram? Where can people find you at? I think it's KL Billings twenty uh, one. Might be an underscore in there, but I think there's just KL Billings twenty one. Uh, but we'll try to tag know. him in our Instagram post yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been fun. I've been enjoying uh, being on the show, and I look forward to it in the future. Awesome, man. AJ, yeah. any last words? Uh, nothing really, man. Um, just carry again. I want to say thank you for hopping on. Thank you for being candid. You know, uh, I look forward to having you on again, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Carry. Care. Fuck. <laughs> you say Corey? No, I said. <laughs> All right. Oh, you hate um, to see that. Yeah. So Carrie, thank you again for coming on. And this is a great episode. Keep the train rolling. Basement Boys Podcast. Signing out. Everyone have a great day. Sipping on, yeah.